Oh Canada, the song we sang to open our service tonight. We know it written as an anthem, but in origin it was written to be a patriotic hymn of worship. The last verse, if we were to continue singing through the refrains and through the verses, you'd find that it says, Ruler supreme, who hearest humble prayer, hold our dominion within thy loving care. Help us to find, O God, in thee a lasting rich reward as waiting for a better day we ever stand on guard. Oh, Canada. There's, there's power when you realize where you come from. Some of the most valuable conversations that we can have are, are based and started with the simple question of, well, why? Why do we do that? Why are we here? Why, why is Canada the nation that it is? And, and I wanted to take a few minutes tonight because it is Canada Day. Somebody say it's Canada Day. And we wanted to just remind us about a little bit of our heritage, a little bit of our history. The Dominion of Canada was literally built upon the Bible. With our official motto coming from Psalm 72 and verse 8, he shall have dominion from sea to sea. And until just a few years ago, July 1st was called Dominion Day. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember Dominion Day? Okay, we're going to have to engage tonight. If you raise, raise your hand if you remember it was called Dominion Day. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> That's my passive-aggressive self coming to the surface. Dominion Day. It was a, a recognition of the sovereignty of God. Whose dominion? His dominion. Not our dominion. Not the queen's dominion, but the king of kings and the lord of lords. His dominion. It was a recognition of the sovereignty of of God. I know today it's called Canada Day, but where this or originates is, is that Sir Samuel Leonard Tilly, this fine-looking gentleman right behind me uh, on, on our screen, is Sir Samuel Leonard Tilly, Premier of New Brunswick and one of the fathers of Confederation. How many know we, we got a little bit of corn in the crib from New Brunswick? We got some help from the, the fathers of Confederation. This man was actually a man of God. We know from history that he rose every morning to start his day with prayer and scripture reading. And as the 33 fathers of, Confedera of Confederation gathered in Charlottetown to discuss and draft the terms of the British North America Act, there were many suggestions on what to call this new United Canada. That morning, as Tilly read from his personal devotions and reading, he stumbled across the verse, not stumbled, he came across divinely appointed word of God came to him in Psalm 72, verse 8, and he became so convinced that the nation of Canada should be a nation under God that when he came down to the conference session, he presented the inspired dominion of Canada to the group of individuals that had gathered for the British North America Act Convention, and, and they all readily agreed and accepted. That is part of the DNA of who we are. The dominion of Canada. We are still under his dominion. His dominion still reigns from sea to sea. He's still in control. He's still God on the throne. And this nation that we have paused to celebrate today is still under God's dominion. And I'm grateful for that. If you were to go to the Confederation Chamber and Province House, you'd find that those words hang in the corridor near the Confederation Chamber. It's in the hearts of the delegates. This is what it says. In the hearts of the delegates who assembled in this room on September the 1st in 1864 was born the Dominion of Canada. 
Listen, providence being their guide, they builded better than they knew. Our nation is founded on Christian principles. Our nation is founded, uh, the, the foundation of who we are is based on the fact that men gathered together to talk about what kind of a nation we wanted to be a part of. What kind of a nation that we could become. And it was based on that scripture. Let me read it for you for a moment tonight. Psalm 72 verse 2. This is, this is what Sir Samuel Leonard Tilly read that morning. Psalm 72, verse 2. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountain shall bring forth peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth that's the God that we're talking about in this nation that we're privileged to live in and in and I'm grateful for everything that politicians attempt to perform and I'm grateful for law and I'm grateful for legislation and I'm thankful to live in this nation but let me tell you if we really want to see God do what we just read about then we have to release him to be the king of our lives and on the throne of everything that we are from sea to sea we need that. I, I, I want to be a part of that nation, but, but today I, I just want to go on record as saying and, and declare along with you that I want God to have dominion from sea to sea. I don't want anything left out. I don't want anything in the north or the south of our nation from the east all the way to the west to be left out. I want God to say, God, this is a, your nation. God, we're a part of this this group of people, but would you let your revival fire burn all the way from the east to the west? We need that. Someone say, we need that. U.S. President Woodrow Wilson in 1911, he said, a nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today nor what it is trying to do. If we, if we really want to understand who we are and, and we're, we're in, this, in the midst of identity crisis in Canada, we're in the midst of trying to figure out, you know, trying this level of fairness that, that we have, this responsibility that we have to individuals. But, but we have to be so careful that we don't throw out who we are. We've got to go back to the origins and say, well, what was our nation founded upon? What was our nation built upon? The, the desire to go back and learn about past events is, it's embedded in every single one of us. I, I still, Kathy, she doesn't have, Kathy, when, when she, when she kind of is getting that little bit of, want a little bit of home, she wants to go out to McAdam. She wants to head out by the lake and, and you know, I, I like the lake, I enjoy the water, I enjoy that, but, but if I'm feeling like I want a little bit of home, we're, we're going in two different directions. She's wanting to go to McAdam, I'm, I'm wanting to go to Kingston Peninsula. Because that's where my family heritage and history comes from. When, when I want to get a little grip on who I am, I, I like to walk around on the field. I like to go to where the, the cedar trees are right now. And I, you know, dad said that they planted those trees when they were young. And, and they were along the walkway going up to the old homestead. And the homestead's gone now. And I, half the wood is burnt off there. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's tidied up and it's neat. But you'd never know it was a homestead. But I know that it was a homestead. I can remember the old home that used to be there. I remember dad working on it and dad taking it apart, 
piece by piece. And my uncle ended up building a, a garage with some of the lumber, that, that rough hewn lumber that dad had taken out and piled up and, and just stored there on site for a while. I remember the old homestead. And so sometimes when I, I got to get my feet back on the ground, it's, it's nice just to kind of walk around the property. I remember time that I spent with my father there. I remember time that I spent, now how many of you are going down memory lane? We all got a little home somewhere, right? And sometimes it, it helps us to get back in those places because it reminds us about who we are. It reminds us of intentions that we've had along the way in the past. Well, there's nothing wrong with us kind of taking a walk down memory lane about what Canada was built on either. We've got to remember that this nation was built to glorify God. If I can't get the amen in this room, You know, by historical standards, 19, 1982 is a young document. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's a young document. 1982. It's young because I was born in 71. That's a really young, extremely young document. I got a couple amens. Anybody born in 1982 in the room? Yeah. Candace? Nin young. But the preamble of our Constitution was written in 82. It says this, Whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law, colon. Our Charter of Rights and Freedoms is based on the principle that there's a God in control. Our, our charter, come on, our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the preamble starts with acknowledging that God is in control and everything that happens after that can only have the authority because there is a supreme God on the throne. I'm glad to be a part of a nation that has a foundational principle like that. And we got to remind ourselves that's where we came from. That's who we are. Get our feet back on the ground. That young document declares it. It's that, that, you know, our history tells us that we're a part of a nation that the origin, the foundation, the Judeo-Christian values that we have are allowed us to become the nation that everybody wants to be a part of. That's what built what people want. There's a, another element that I want to talk to us about. I'm not going to be a long time tonight. I know it's a holiday, but I'm grateful for the chance that we've got to be together. I, I, amen, it's a holiday. I don't know if, that, if they're excited about getting out early, Wendy. Or. <laughs> that well-placed amen. I'm not going to be a long time. Amen! I got, and I got the whole church on their feet, ready to have a Jericho. A few minutes ago, I was talking about the <laughs> sovereign God and the foundation of principles. and Silence. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. You know I'm teasing. <laughs> Seriously. Teasing. I'm, I'm only serious. This little pamphlet I came across is a group called Christian Governance. It's a worldview and apologetics organization. They, they published a, a booklet that showed the various Bible verses. If you were to go to our 
Capital City in Parliament Hill, and you'd make your way around the property. Anybody ever been to Parliament? Anyone ever been to the Peace Tower? Anyone ever been to Parliament Hill? It's remarkable. It's uh, encourage you. Maybe if, if we can't travel stateside this year, you'll make your way there. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but they wrote a book about all the verses that are on Parliament Hill. And sometimes we forget, but in the season of the early stages of our nation, the Word of God was very important and powerful. If, uh, if you've ever visited the Memorial Chamber in the Peace Tower, has anyone ever been there? Where all the names of the men and women who have fallen in securing our liberties and freedoms in battle, where their names are all penned and kept in a book. It's in that chamber, the memorial chamber. And, but if you were to step in that room in the Peace Tower, it's the lower half of the, peace, the bottom of the Peace Tower, it would be difficult to see the details near the top of the windows, the stained glass windows, due to cloudy skies or the sun coming in, particular angles. But with technology or good cameras and a zoom lens, you can find that, that there are references built into the stained glass windows in the Parliament buildings, especially the Peace Tower. 14 of 15 references that you can find in our parliament are found in the Peace Tower. Uh, you find verses like Jeremiah 23 and verse 5, he shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. You'd find that verse there. Another verse that you'll find fabricated in the stained glass is found in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. I mean, we can we can preach a, ver a, a sermon just off of the verses that we find on Parliament Hill. Anybody just want to take a walk through these with me for a moment? Um, it's quite a, quite a reminder that, of the focus that our nation was originally built on and, and that we originally held. And, and, and I believe what we need to get back to so desperately. I'm amazed by all the passages that someone decided that they would require to have engraved and incorporated into the artwork for the memorial chamber. There's many verses. Like I said, 14 of the 15 verses you can find at the parliament are found on or within the Peace Tower. Only a single verse is found elsewhere. It's in a meeting room on the fourth floor of center block. Um, it's there in that the opposition chamber where they meet. And, 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 but the word of God is just throughout the entire location. Um, it's built on the word of God. That peace tower, of course, it, it, was, <clears throat> it's a, it was designed to be a freestanding tower, but of course it's been attached to parliament buildings as time has gone on. And, and it's evident that the passages engraved on the peace tower pertain to spiritual warfare. The, the verses from Ephesians chapter 6 are there. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Right? It's, it's there. there. Then the four verses, the list, listing of the pieces of armor. There are six blue shields, each with an image of the piece of armor that are there. That's in our nation's capital, in that building. Why? Because someone said, this is who we are. This is what matters. Of course, there's a powerful uh, connection to men and women that lost their lives in battle, but someone connected it to the right thing. 
connected it to the fact that God has called every one of us to be a soldier and that God has enlisted every single one of us to be a part of his army, that God has challenged us to take on the whole armor of God. And and when people come just for a visit, when they snap their pictures, the word of God is right there. It's going home with millions upon millions of tourists. Why? Because that's a part of who we are. If you were to continue on, you'd find that Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. It's engraved on the largest of the 53 bells that make up the bell tower, component of that, that peace tower that's at the very top. It can't be seen by the public, but it was commissioned that the verse be printed on the largest of the bells. And declares every time that that bell rings, there's a declaration about God manifest in flesh, that he came to save us. That that declaration is there. It it, it may be just under the surface, but every time that that bell rings, there's a declaration that heralds the coming and the birth of Christ. It may not even be the song that he's playing. I I watched this, uh, I I don't know, they probably moved to something that's not mechanical now, but originally I watched that, the the guy that's up there that plays the bells, he's got his hands wrapped so he doesn't get his fingers all bruised and bloody, but he's up there playing the, the chorus of the bells manually, originally. It's, but that bell, as it rings, declares and heralds the birth of Christ. And, and that's not the, where the verses stop. You can find 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's there at Parliament. It's Psalm 94 and verse 15, but judgment shall return unto righteousness and all the upright in heart shall follow it. If there's ever a time when we need our nation to turn and return unto righteousness, it's in this day. And the Bible says that if we do, that all the upright in heart shall follow it. That would be the revival that we need in our nation. That would be something that would turn individuals around. When we turn to righteousness, if we return unto righteousness, watch what God would do in our nation. And I I just, I think we all know, maybe it's not going to happen in parliament, but it could. I'm telling you, the word of God is that powerful. Who knows that sometime, some politician isn't going to be standing there and the words jump off of the stained glass window into his heart and something transforms and changes. I, I just have this belief that the word of God is that powerful, that it's sharper, it's quicker. Come on, that's what we're talking about, that kind of word of God. Psalm 72 is a messianic psalm. It's there. It's there on parliament, which speaks of Christ's reign in history as the victorious Messiah. He shall have, we talked about it, he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the rivers to the ends of the earth. You you know, I read the entire chapter because both of those verses, they bookend that chapter, are found on Parliament Hill. Psalm 72 and verse 1, you'll find it there as well. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. We need to continue to pray, and, and God, no, no wonder God said pray for those that are in leadership above us, those that are in positions of ruling, and, and, and God put them there, all of them. That's what scripture says, that they're there because God allowed them to be there, but, but we need to pray that God would give them judgment, the ability, and, and that God would allow his righteousness to come on Parliament Hill. I know we need that. Give the king thy judgments, O God. And thy righteousness unto the king's son. If you were to 
find, uh, <clears throat> if you were to go to center block, you'd find the verses, fear God, honor the king from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17. I'll read the whole verse. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. That's there. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It's found there, the peace tower. It's found on Parliament Hill. I, I, I think sometimes we just, and Kathy, you can come back to the music. I'm preparing to close. I think sometimes that we need to remind ourselves that the nation that we're a part of was a nation built on principles like that. Luke chapter 19 and verse 40, Jesus spoke and he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these shall hold their peace, then the stones would immediately cry out. It's in that stone framework that is part of the construction of those buildings that have these verses etched into them. And no wonder he said, if these hold their peace, if men and women that we elect into position hold their peace, then the rocks will cry out. And right there at Parliament Hill, along with all of the debate that happens and arguing and fighting and deliberation and presentation, all that that's happening on Parliament Hill and individuals coming from all over the nation, state their position, declare their place, fight for what they believe, in all of that, if they hold their peace, if, if they aren't in line with what God's word would say, then I, I, I'm somehow not pacified. That's not the word I'm looking for. But somehow I'm grateful that God's word is being declared in that stone framework of the building that causes so much direction for our nation. Because if they hold their peace, I've got this promise, the stones will cry out. The word of God's greater important than any word of a politician, any judge, any ruler, any king, any queen. And sometimes I think we're bullied into silence and shoved into the sidelines because you know, I, I've mentioned it before of the way that we see our nation slouching towards Gomorrah. Slipping into the ways of Sodom. Just falling. So sometimes when we go back through and remind ourselves, no, we have a wonderful nation, but we have to be reminded of what made us wonderful. We have a strong value system that's existed from the founding of this country. And we need to be reminded of it. We have a belief that's broader than any civil government, but which includes and declares a truth, even if it's only wound into the very architecture of one of Canada's most iconic symbols. It is there. We're part of a marvelous nation. Yeah, that's all right. There's a marble plaque that's mounted on the wall of the memorial chamber 
Psalm 139, it says, If I ascend into the heaven, thou art there. If I lay down in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. No matter where this nation heads, it can't escape the reach of God. And I'm grateful for that today. I'm grateful for the reminder that God's word is what helped us become what we are. And so regardless of where you go, <clears throat> somewhat discouraging today, I was, talk, I was searching and I was digging online, talk, you know, different articles that I read about, you know, religion on the decline and churches that are closed and the number of churches in our nation and then the number that have closed in the last recent while and you know what what's growing and what's not growing and it's just sometimes you can get caught up in all that but to just step back and say God you're still in control today now we have to become the people of God for him to be the God of the people We've got to become people that seeks his face. We have to seek his face. We've got to read his word. We, that word that it, it, we can't just be content that it's, it's chiseled in stone in our parliament building. We can't just be happy that it's up there on Parliament Hill attached to the wall. We, we've got to let this become a part of who we are. That Peace Tower is originally, it's, it's actually known as the Peace and Victory Tower. And, and I, don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence that, that if we're going to have peace and victory in our life, then God's word has got to be established in us. It's got to be written on the walls of our heart. It's got to be a part of who we are. That's what we need. So if we as people will let God's word become our priority, let it become our foundation, let it become our directive, then we can be a part of the great nation that God intends for this nation to become. Why don't we stand together? If you're with someone in your bubble, I wonder if we just pray together and I'd like to lead prayer for a moment and ask God to help us become the church in our nation that he's calling us to be. I appreciate your time tonight, but I would be very grateful for your intensity in prayer for a moment because this day and this age demands our very best in prayer. So would you pray together with us? God, I'm grateful today for the reminder. God, the reminder of where we've come from. And God, your word is a constant reminder about one day where we're going. God, out of nations in the world, God, atheist nations, Nathan's, nations that are opposed to your word, opposed to your church, opposed to, God, you're still moving and you're still working beneath the surface, God, beneath the eyes of the politicians, God, you're growing. A mighty end time harvest is being reaped. But God, I pray that in the midst of our plenty and in the midst of our liberties that we wouldn't miss what you're desiring to do in us and what you're desiring to do through us 
God, I'm grateful that our church can be a light in the midst of darkness. God, I pray for every member. God, I pray for every attender. I pray for every person, God, that takes time to, to be in this room. God, takes time to stop online and be a part of what's happened. And I, I pray that every one of us would intentionally dive deep in your word until it becomes a part of who we are. God, until we're able to declare God, your promises to declare your truth. God, to declare salvation to the world around us today. I ask that you'd use every voice. God, I pray that you would use every person. God, don't let anyone be lost in a sense of insignificance because you've called them. They're your children today. You're their king and you've commissioned them. God, that great commission, let it, God, let it lead us to hurting hearts. Let it lead us to broken lives. Let it lead us into areas of our communities that desperately need God, you to be declared. God, I'd ask that we leave tonight with a purpose and an intention to be the church in these days. We ask it in your precious and in your powerful name we pray.